All right, all right. Here we go, starting with the Daily Dean podcast. Coming at you quick and hot. We're just going to be talking about what's going on with sports each day. I'm doing these at midnight, so I will have everything you guys need, you guys want to know throughout the day, and what's going on throughout the day, really. So everything right now we all know is going on with sports. It's kind of a dry time. The NBA just got back from All-Star Weekend with nothing really big happened during the All-Star Game. It was just a All-Star Game as normal. People are just dunking it. Chris Paul's dunking the ball. Stephen Curry's dunking the ball. So it was just a game of pickup with some players that are really, really good. Nothing crazy. No one's playing defense. The players didn't even want it most of the time because if you think about it, they already have such a long season from last season and then the bubble and then they shortened the games. But the reason the players did it, there's only one reason is the money. And to be honest, they probably made some money. I watched the game. You probably watched the game too. So why not have somebody make some money? And put some content on TV. That's what it's all about. It's about content creation and putting it on TV. Well, when you listen to Charles Barkley, he thinks the Brooklyn Nets are for sure coming out of the East. No one really knows what's going on in the West. It's a little bit more difficult because there's better teams there. Whereas the East, it's just kind of Brooklyn. Boston, and Philadelphia, who's the good teams. And it's really hard to tell who's going to come out on top because no one knows how Brooklyn's defense is going to look. And the defense, let's be honest, is subpar. But when you have three Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers, basically in their prime, it's going to be hard to stop that team. So they're going to get up a lot of points, at least, I think, 120s they'll be averaging, which is a crazy number to hear. But that's how it is when you got shooters all around. So, but the big news of the week or month even is that Dak Prescott got signed. He got his contract, he got signed. It was I think 160 million, 126 guaranteed, 4 years, a lot of money for a player, but that's how it goes nowadays, especially with the quarterbacks in the NFL. They just get paid outrageous amounts and that's really what makes the cap situation so hard in the NFL right now is that these QBs are just getting these crazy trade deals and it's messing up with the rest of the team and so this comes into the Dallas Cowboys because they've just been signing players left and right for the past four years on usually the most expensive deal for that player. Dak Prescott just got one of the most expensive deals for a quarterback. Maybe not all time because of Patrick, Patty. But let's be honest, Dak got a lot of money. Ezekiel Elliott, he paid him early and he paid him way too much money for a running back. If you really want to get down to it, you should not pay a running back his second contract at all. It should be draft a good running back, keep him for five years, And then if you can, sign them for pretty cheap. And I'm not saying really cheap. I'm saying like, you know, 10 to $15 million. But no way you should be giving them more than that. No way. And that's still a lot of money to have for a one running back because they get hurt. 
and they deteriorate very, very quickly. So let's get to the contract. They had a press conference today, Jerry Jones and Dak, or yesterday, and basically the main soundbite that comes out of this press conference is that Jerry Jones says he is overpaid for a lot of things in his life. He might be overpaid for Dak, but it's going to be a good return. And it's not always what you say, but how you say it. And the way what Jerry was saying or how he was saying it was kind of, they call it a Dak Dak hand compliment, like a backhand compliment. It's just kind of crazy. Like, you shouldn't be talking about his money at this press conference. You should just be saying he deserves every single dollar that he's earning right now. And that's all you really need to say if you're Jerry. You don't need to keep going into more. You don't need to keep talking about it. You could just say, he, Dak has been here forever. He's done everything we want him to do. He deserves all the money in the world. Which he he doesn't deserve all the money in the world, but he is a good quarterback and he deserves to be paid like a good quarterback. What this really does, though, is it hinders them from signing more players. The best thing about Dak Prescott was that he had an offensive line that was amazing. That was during his rookie year. He no longer has that amazing offensive line. So what he's going to need to do is he's going to need to figure out a way to be the best player on his team every single week. And that's going to be a lot harder to do when you are clearly playing by yourself out there. You really don't have much of a team, and that's because everyone is signed. And that's that's the problem with salary craps. The salary caps in football, you need like economists to know where you can sign economists, economists, whatever, whatever the saying is, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's the, the person that handles the money. You need, you need a science, you need a numbers cruncher just to tell you where you can spend some money. And the way Dak took it, I mean, I understand he took all the money he wanted and he, he won the deal. He got all the money, but will he win playing football? I don't see that likely. Yeah, he might go to the playoffs. They might go 10 and 6 or 10 and 7, I guess, now because they're expanding it to a 17 game season. But the thing about it is now, what is he going to do? His weapons are Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper got paid the highest of anybody. When he was signed, the highest wide receiver salary ever. Did he deserve it? No. Amari Cooper is not even a top five wide receiver, in my opinion. He's top 10, maybe. But top five, you wouldn't even include him. You got guys like OBJ. You got guys like DeAndre Hopkins. You got Julio Jones still. Like Mike Evans. Every They're just way better wide receivers out there. And I know Amari Cooper runs a really good route. He runs a really good route. But I'm sorry, like, that's not enough. Like, he could run a really good route and get open, but when you're getting double teamed, sometimes you need something else to get you over that top. 
to be a DeAndre Hopkins when he comes down with a Hale Murray against the Buffalo Bills, and he's one out of three guys in the pile, but he comes down with the ball. So that's that's what you need when you're going to sign the highest paid player at a position. He needs to be special, completely special. Did Dak deserve this contract? He probably did. He played two years. He played, I think it's four years, and he's only gotten $13 million out of no I think it's three and a half million out of and it's it's crazy he did he doesn't deserve that little of pay but that's what happens when you're a third round pick that's just the way the salary structure is set up so that's how that goes but Dak Dak just needs he 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 needed some money and they they paid him what they messed up on is they shouldn't have paid other players before him such as Dak a couple defensive players and Zeke, like, they didn't need to pay them first. They should have probably paid them second, let them play out their contracts and see what they could have gave to them, as opposed to just signing them right away and making them the highest paid players at their position. I can't get over it. It's the highest paid at their positions. They have, like, four of them. That, that's not how you build a winning football team. Go ask Bill Belichick. Go ask anybody. But now let's just get to Dak alone. Is Dak good enough for this money? Is Dak good enough to win and be a consistent winner? Personally, I don't think so. Like, Dak is great. He's good. Another top 10 talent, maybe. I don't, I don't know if I'd put him much lower than in the top 10. But he's good. But the thing you have to understand about Dak is he wins the games that are there to be won but he won't win you a game that is a little bit longer odds, we'll say, against his team. Dak doesn't win games against winning teams. He hasn't won one playoff game in his career. The thing that's okay with that and with Jerry, the owner of the team, is that he knows that he hasn't been he hasn't been able to win a playoff game in, I think it's 20 years. A game, not just get there, a game. And, yeah, they have got there. They got there when Dak went 13-3, and but they didn't win a game. They can't get to the conference finals. They need, they need something different. And, personally, I think this was a move by Jerry because he's an older man. And he really, really sees his time coming to an end. When you're a billionaire and you have everything you want in life, what do you want next? Things that you can't buy. Things that other people don't have. And that's what Jerry wants. Probably more than anything in his life is he wants a Super Bowl trophy. And personally, I don't know if he's going to get it. It doesn't look like he is. By the way he's running his team right now, he thinks that just throwing money at problems is going to solve the problem, and it's not. The problem won't be solved unless you yourself, Jerry Jones, finds a general manager who is qualified, good, and can make decisions. That's the biggest problem with this is Jerry Jones is making all the decisions, and he's super close with these players, and it's hard 
to be a boss when you're their friend and he's trying to do both and you just you really can't you really just can't you have to you have to be away from the thing like one of my favorite lines in one of my favorite movies moneyball which is really crazy because that's what we're talking about right now and how that oakland athletics changed it with billy bean and i forgot who the guy was playing but Jonah Hill was playing the character, and he goes out with the team. You know, he goes out with the A's to one of the games. And one of the players comes over to him, and he's like, hey, what, what's going on? Where's Billy? You know, why isn't he out with the team? And Billy comes back and says, I don't like traveling with the team because I don't like to get too close to the players. And it's crazy as it is, you're not the coach. The coach can be their best friend, their confidant the one they look to but as a gm you have to be frugal and you have to be harsh you have to get rid of players that you like you have to not sign players that you like and you have to create discounts for yourself in places that you normally wouldn't and that you have to that's what being a good gm is and jerry jones just has never been a good gm he got lucky when he got Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was the guy who started all these crazy trade mechanisms within the NFL. And then Jerry Jones kind of was like, oh, this is working, let's do it. But that's not how it's made. Jimmy Johnson understood. He built it through the draft. Jerry Jones is trying to build it through free agency and signings, and that is just not going to work. It just it just can't work that way. And that's what's really going to happen. So Dak, is he worth the money? He's worth the money, but they've spent too much money other places, so they're not going to win with the structure they have set up right now, which is basically Dak, Zeke, a above-average offensive line, but not the best, and Amari Cooper. That Who else do you know on their team? Their defense is terrible. They give up so many points, and they just won't be able to play against good teams. That's the biggest problem. You can have a... 10 and 7 season, let's say they even go 12 and 4 in the season. But what does that really mean? You might get one playoff uh, playoff bye. But the bye is not going to win you the game. You have to win the games. They haven't gone to the playoffs in the worst division since the 13 and 3 season. Like, they are going to be stuck in purgatory of 8-8, eight 8-8. Eight, eight eight. Or they might get to the playoffs and win one game, which, as a Minnesota Vikings fan, I can tell you is terrible. If you want to get to, the, like, how the Minnesota Vikings kind of messed up, they signed Kirk Cousins on the first only, full, only fully guaranteed contract. But... That hindered them from making the team better. Now they are spending it on a mediocre contract, a mediocre player, a huge contract, 
and we have to keep drafting players like Dalvin Cook, hoping they'll be great and not be able to sign them for much money. So they're not getting what they deserve because Kirk Cousins took all the money for themselves. Who's the one player that no one ever said took all the money for themselves or tried to? And it's the GOAT. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady has never been one to say he's overpaid. He's always paid middle-of-the-pack quarterback money. And then people were like, oh, well, that's because he has a crazy wife. Let's, let's not do that. Like, People want money just for the effect of what the money can do. They want the money to show other people that, hey, I'm worth this money. You're not. I'm better than you. I deserve this money. And it is true, but when you sign a mediocre player such as Kirk Cousins, you're going to have downfalls, and the Vikings had one of their worst years in a long time this year. Just did terrible, and they couldn't win close games. And you know how you win close games? Those little players you don't think about during the big games, the little players – that do little things but make a big difference. That's how it is. And football is the most team sport of anything. So why why is it that people don't understand that? It's, It's not like the NBA that we were just talking about, how the Brooklyn Nets have three stars. If... The Dallas Cowboys could have three stars. They have three pretty good stars. But it, it's 11 on 11 and 22 on 22, essentially. Like, you have to have 22 great players. And that's that's just starters. Like, you need, you need good people to come in after them. You need good people to play with them. So that's just not good enough. And it all comes down to Jerry Jones. He said, uh, he said in the press conference, I overpaid for Dak. And it, like I said, it was a Dak hand compliment. They didn't. They he thought it, he thought it was a good compliment. He didn't really say it right. You know, he, he took a laugh, ha ha ha, and then you know everyone in Texas laughs with Jerry when he laughs. So all the reporters laugh, and it's a really soft reporting thing. Really soft reporters fool, because not one of them asked after he said that. Did you overpay for Dak, or do you believe? that it was too much money for Dak. It is a hard question to ask inside of a press conference for the Cowboys that's supposed to be all joyous, but that's how it goes. And if you're going to be a member of the press, you got to be honest and ask people what they want to know. Do you think that Dak was worth this amount of money? And from what I see, he thinks he was worth the money, but he still thinks he's overpaid. So what did we learn? Not much. We really didn't learn much. We did learn Dak's going to be a cowboy for the next four years at least. We learned he made a lot of money. He he deserves it. But if he can't win big games, it's going to be a lot of money going to mediocre seasons because it never feels good to lose the first game of the playoffs or just be on the fringe of the playoffs and not make it because when that happens – then you don't get a good draft pick and you're stuck with another 15 pick. And it's just like, it's so hard to get a great impact player at number 12 in the draft. 
it just doesn't happen. And I mean, it can happen, but not someone that's going to change your team and bring you to the Super Bowl. That's that just doesn't happen. But let's move on from Dak and NFL. There's really not much going on. It's quarterbacking carousel. Zach Wilson's going to do his pro day soon at North Dakota State. He only played one game last year, and it was a pretty bad game for him. <clears throat> but it's hard. <clears throat> excuse me. It's hard to play a good game when you've only played one game. Like he barely had a lead up to the game. So I'm not even going to go into Zach Wilson or the draft thing. There's a whole podcast on the draft, and I have. I don't have enough knowledge on every single player to accurately inform everyone. But let me just tell you, the draft is going to be a lot of quarterbacks. It looks like four quarterbacks in the first round. And it's a quarterback league. So if you think you got your guy, you got your guy. And you take your guy and you go. It's going to be weird. We'll get into that more when the draft is coming closer. We'll get into all the trade ideas and all that. But right now, let's go back to how the NBA is. It's at it's at the halfway point, essentially, because the All-Star break, in my opinion, is always the halfway point of the regular season. And right now, the best team in the West looks like the Jazz, but they remind me a lot of the Atlanta Hawks. And the Atlanta Hawks went to the conference finals in the East, but I don't think the Utah Jazz can get through Denver, through the Clippers. Right now, if the playoffs were start today, the Utah Jazz would have to play the L.A. Clippers in the semifinals of the Western Conference because they're both one. Uh, Utah's one and Clippers are four. I mean, Clippers dismantled the Warriors tonight. It I, it was over on the third quarter. It's like 99 to 69. It, it They dismantled them. Um, I think the Clippers personally are better this year. I like Ty Lue a little bit better for the team. He's a little bit harder on the players than Doc. They had a big chemistry issue the other year. And, I mean, the chemistry issue isn't much to talk about. But when you're in a bubble with your team – for a whole month or two months, it get, it started dragging because they had the eight games before. And it just started dragging for people in the bubble. So if you weren't a tight-knit player, if you didn't have one of the best all-stars on your team or superstars, then you weren't getting through the bubble. And personally, I don't think Kawhi Leonard is the best leader being a superstar. He's a little too quiet. I mean, I don't see what goes on behind the scenes, and that's part of the problem. He could be a very, very active behind the scenes, but being this quiet is it, it's just hard. I you know, you hear all these crazy things on the athletic that he was late to practices, that he wasn't doing his best, that he flies in from San Diego. It, it's pretty crazy to fly up plane in to, from San Diego every day to get onto a jet just so you could go to another city. That's a little weird. And it honestly, it feels distant. Like, why are you flying in on a helicopter, but everyone else is driving? Why are you doing And if you have a helicopter, why 
are you late? He came late, but that's part of the chemistry issues of why the Clippers last year. I that, that could be a whole new segment in itself, but I'm not going to go into that. What I'm going to talk about is the Utah Jazz. They they're they're a very good team, very basketball oriented team, but in the playoffs for basketball, you need some superstars to go get a bucket or to stop a bucket. And let's be honest, right now, Kawhi Leonard's one of the best at doing that. He can stop anybody in the league. Well, not in you, basically in basketball, sometimes people can't be stopped. But if I were to pick anyone in the league to try and stop someone, Kawhi Leonard is my go-to guy. Huge hands, huge body, just strength for days. And he looks good, but the Suns are number two, which is crazy. As we were talking about the bubble, they went 8-0 last year. And they're basically number two because of Chris Paul, who led the Hornets to a great season last year. They went to the playoffs, even had a playoff win. And it that's the thing. Like, Chris Paul is a winner. And, I mean, I don't want to juxtapose the two, but – that's the difference between Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard. You could kind of feel Chris Paul more. Like, even on the court or even outside the court, you just feel his presence. Like, he has this glare where he's looking over you, and he's just like, Ur. whereas Kawhi, you know, it's kind of like just, I mean, I'm not saying la-di-da, but he just goes out there and does work. He doesn't really, I guess, uphold others to his standard as much. Where that's what makes a winning culture and a winning team is you need you need that leader, the best guy on your team, to be the one holding everyone else accountable. And that's what makes a great team. And that's why the Lakers won last year, to be honest. LeBron's probably the best leader in the game. They won. Jimmy Butler, a great leader. Probably not the most talented player, but they're probably one of the best leaders. And look at how the Miami Heat did this year, last year. They, they went to the playoffs. I mean, they went to the finals. And no one expected that at all. And that hurt both teams this year because of injuries. They played really long into the year, and then they started the NBA year again. And that 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 does take a long time. But that's just how it is. And right now, personally, if I were to guess, coming out of the West, I mean, I'm going to say it just because I'm a fanboy a little bit, but the Lakers. They're, if Anthony Davis is fully healthy – Dennis Schroeder's fully healthy, which he has been all year. The only reason he stopped was COVID, contact tracing, and all that. I don't even think he had COVID. It was just contact tracing. So that's why Dennis Schroeder, Anthony Davis, they're going to make this team a whole different team to mess with. And that team is going to be a lot better than what they look like right now. That's what it is with LeBron. He always gets better during the playoffs. And honestly, bring it back to the Clippers one more time. Let's see if Chris Paul can get that better. Utah looks good. I don't think they're that good. The Suns are good, but they're not they're not experienced enough to beat the Lakers in the semifinals. I mean, the Mavericks are down at number eight right now. So you're saying the Mavericks would be playing the Utah Jazz. In the first round of the playoffs. Oh, I would be hyped. Whoo, buddy. Oh, big dog. Would I be hyped to see some Mavs. Talking about Luka going against Donovan Mitchell. After what Shaq said about Donovan Mitchell earlier this year. This is crazy. 
But that's the life. And that's just how it goes. But so let's get into this. They're going to do a play in tourney this year, which only consists of four teams from each conference, eight teams total, but they play within their conference. So the, and it's only a play in tournament because it's only three games, three games. So the way it goes is seven and eight play each other and they get the eight, they get the seven seed, whoever wins. And right now let's just, you know, for matters having it, it'd be the Spurs number seven, the eight number Mavs in the Western Conference. And I'm saying the Western Conference because the Eastern Conference just looks horrible on the low end. And I don't even want to mention the names like Pacers, Bulls, Hawks, Raptors. You're like, ah, those guys aren't that good. Kyle Lowry might not even be with the Raptors much longer. So we're not sure about those. But the Spurs and Mavs, so whoever wins that game, let's say – Let's say the Mavs win it. I think they could. They'll get the seven seed. So then the Spurs lost the game. They play the winner of whoever is the 9-10 seed. So that would be right now, nine seed is Grizzlies. The 10 seed is the Warriors. Are you kidding me? If you don't remember Steph Curry at Davidson, you haven't watched a real basketball. Because I want to see Steph in this play-in tournament. I want to see the Warriors in the playoffs. So honestly, I think if we're going to talk about it, the Mavs are going to beat the Spurs, and the Grizzlies are going to lose to the Warriors, and the Warriors are going to beat the Spurs, and that will be that. Mavs will get seven, Warriors will get eight, and that's how that's going to go. And right now, it's like I said, we're going into sports. We're going to get really hyped. For the new NBA season, let's get ready for the playoffs, and let's go.